Shut the door. Let's get this going. Someone in that control room is out of control. Do it. Do it. I'm a pet man. Penis man. Woo! Man, I got mixed emotions about this one. Live from Command Center Alpha One, it's the OBDM Podcast. Now here's your host, Mr. Falcon and the Rascal. I don't have a fucking idea. Well, well, well. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another fun-filled podcast adventure. Yes. Mine's Midnight Mike. On screen is Sir Seat Sitter, a.k.a. Chris, a.k.a. Skidmark. Chris 23, I believe. Skidmark. Hey, I didn't ask for the name, but I took it. Yes, and also over there joining us is Charlie from Macro Aggressions. Hello. Thank you, I guys. I need a nickname. Yeah, Maybe well. I should call in. Do I need to call in to get a nickname? I think so. I think that is the, uh, the proper sequence of events. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll start calling it. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, Charlie from Macroaggressions Podcast, also Union of the Unwanted, and also uh, Chris over there from Abs in a Six-Pack, who has everyone on his podcast. Uh, he, he gets a, a wide range of guests and does crazy things over there. So thank you. Uh, Cretchen's not here. He is traveling. Uh, and also Joe, a.k.a. Javelina. He is not here. Also traveling. I think he's somewhere in Mexico. Um, but they will be back uh, at some point in time, I believe. I think they will be. Is the rep- is the proper response for that LOL gay in all caps? Possibly. I don't I don't yeah. know. Uh, whatever they're doing, I don't know if they're doing it together. There are rumors though. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but they'll be back. I, I, I was just I was hoping that uh, I should have we should have talked about this in the in the pre show. I was thinking maybe you could just refer to me and Charlie as Joe and Cretched, and people listening to the audio wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, we probably should have worked on that beforehand. Like, Chris will yeah. be playing the part of Cretched, and Charlie will be playing the part of Joe. And Bake I, me a cake! Something like, we, we could have done that, we just didn't work it out beforehand. Bake me a fucking cake! See? It's, it's just like as if Joe was here, as if Charlie was saying it. Well, I appreciate Joe's anger though yeah a lot always of people have do. a lot of people Love do it. i relate to it fully and uh if if i had to be joe's you know f- fill in i guess so it, be it you got to take it up a notch people do like that about joe they like his fiery spirit i love it too i come a pretty laid-back guy um and you can't have too much of that reserved uh, kind of attitude on the show so when joe takes it up no. a notch it's a great yin and yang for the show and Cratchit rides well, the in the about background the there. Movie is so. the, the best thing about the Pooh movie is that it was a Pooh movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, so is. what I liked about the Pooh movie is that it was a new movie. It, it was a new movie, not a Pooh movie. It was movie. a new movie, yeah. not a Pooh movie. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> My bad. Um, so we got a lot of things to get to, a uh, lot of topics of news to, to tear through here. Charlie was kind enough to send me a lot of links, and I know 
Uh, Chris, you have a lot of stuff. Uh, you you submitted some. Not a lot. I got a little. Okay, got you a got little. A, you got a few. I was trying to pump it up a little bit to get everyone excited. Right. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but, um, but it is uh, Thursday. Didn't do a show yesterday. It was my wedding anniversary, and uh, so congratulations. We, hey, thank you, thank you very much. It's uh, the big uh, the big three three years, and uh, took the night off. Spend time with my wife, even though we were supposed to go out to dinner, but we couldn't do that because of poison ivy. It is really that bad. It's horrific. Uh, I didn't get it as bad this time, but my wife just got a massive amount of poison ivy. It's all up and down her arms and legs. And if we went out to dinner, it, it would have been miserable. So we just hung around the house and made food. So that's why there's no show yesterday. You made food, but not love. Uh, it was very. It's very tough too when there's poison ivy everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not the most comfortable thing to to try to do it's not the most sexy of environments right. when there's like Fair scabs enough. and pus you know i mean i would <laughs> oh, do it God. i would i would have done it but uh oh, God. you know it wouldn't have been for the best so postponing that well it is wednesday technically <laughs> as a makeup day and that means we're doing alex jones uh clips of <laughs> At least I hope so. I didn't even check over there. <laughs> so, but uh, Alex Jones has been out. Um, I believe he's... I, I, I don't know why he's been out. So we have a, Poison a, Ivy. Uh, maybe it's Poison Ivy <laughs> or, or, or yeah, January yeah. 6th. You know? Or maybe he's just he, poisoned. Uh, oh, I believe Owen Schroyer on Tuesday of this week, if I remember right, because I was listening on old AM radio. Yep. As I always do, driving around at work. He's on the AM radio, 1470, Alcoa. And I believe Owen said he was out for the week on vacation, a much-needed vacation, is what Owen said. A vacation? In this time? Exactly. When we need him most? All right. We always need him. Is there a time where we don't need him? No. Who's going to fight the New World Order then? Uh, We'll do the best job we can. We can fill in a little bit. I I, I I have nothing against Owen Troyer. Uh, Schroyer. Uh, it's just when you tune in to Alex Jones, you want to hear Alex Jones. You want to hear some crazy stuff. You want to hear the next conspiracy. You want to hear what's going on. Um, I thought maybe he was traveling to D.C. because of all the January 6th hearings, but apparently not. He's going on vacation. So, okay. Um, we only have a few of the clips right here. I, th- I think this is what we got. Here we go. Let's start it. Where do I-, I forget what I even did. Uh, we did that. Here we go. All right. Good, good joke there. All right. We've been having some trackcaster problems with these videos we pull in. We've got to check them before we play them. The accelerating artificial electromagnetic microwave radiation, crackhead MILF and incest porn, fat man and little boy. Go ahead and kill that clip. I still hear Fauci and Mayor. He's on the videos and the photos having sex with his niece. It points towards aliens. It's all happening. Kill the boomers. Wink, wink. Yeah, I got cancer. Yeah, my sperm count's gone. Yeah, I can't have babies. Yeah, I got Parkinson's. There's a lot of good ones in there. I love you, Chris. We got... um we got the uh, it's all happening, obviously. Yeah, and kill the boomers. Kill the Those boomers. Kill the boomers is a good one. There's a lot of of stuff going on. Here's the the new all happening. It's all happening. I love that one. That's awesome. I think he I think he says it's all happening ten times a day on a five day a week basis. No, he doesn't. I check. 
he does it maybe okay. once a week at most. Uh, I, try- I, I, I was I was listening on the old AM radio, swear to God, maybe two days ago, and I heard him say, it's all, and he took a five-second pause, and then he said, happening. Oh, man, I <laughs> wish I would have got that one, but uh, we try <laughs> like, to collect them all. All right. Um, like Pokemon. Yeah. Here is June 3rd. Here we go. How dumb are you? I got some oceanfront property in Arizona. If you'll buy that, I'll throw the Golden Gate in for free. Love you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A little, little Joe clip there. All right. And we got the last one here from the 6th. Arrest that son of a bitch right now. Right now. No more of this crap. Your audio got really low. Talking to your phone? Guess what, losers? <laughs> I've got egg all over my face. You think I want to go around screwing people? I want you and your disgusting family to burn in hell. Is the InfoWars website a fraud? It's not going to lick itself. It's not going to lick itself. Oh, my gosh. Yes, these people are crazy. They're a bunch of crazy freaks. This is shameful, and this is disgusting. You bumbling idiot. You delusional <laughs> pedophile. All right. I'm going to go lay down and show them my belly. Now, there's some Alex Jones uh, clips of the week. Uh, I, I do have a, uh, before we move on, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if you wanted to do an Alex Jones throwback while we're on the Alex Jones clips of the week. And I Al- sent it to you in the, uh, in the Discord DM. Uh, I can't check my, well, I can check my Discord's DM, but I can't do uh, clips from over there. I, oh, I should have played, I should have pulled some ISOs from it. I was thinking about it. But there's an, I, uh, I'll send it to you later, but there's an ISO of him uh, calling Joe Rogan a psychotic ninja warrior vampire demon. It's, it's, uh, it's from about 2001. Joe Rogan and Alex Jones are hanging out. Hmm. And, uh, and there's it's a video, but there's one clip of Alex Jones saying, "I've drank too much beer. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about." Something like that. Let me so, see if uh, I can play. I'll, it. I'll, I'll send you the ISOs. I'll send you the ISOs later on. Yeah, I don't. I as the way I have my audio divided up, I can't play it on my machine over here. Oh, you know what? I can play the audio. I can't play the video, but if you want, I can play the audio. Yeah, go ahead and play it. All right. Let's. Uh... Uh, what you're what you're not seeing here is Alex Jones and Joe Rogan standing outside of what looks like a bar. It's about a 25, 30 second clip. Oh, it would help if I unmuted the tab. Probably. How about I just play clips from now on? All right, from now on, we'll not do this. How about about I just play clips? All right, I won't do anything. I'll just just sit here and look pretty. Because were you you hearing the audio out of your headset? No. No, See, I wasn't hearing audio either. So whatever whatever happened wasn't wasn't happening over here. I'll see if I can bring it up over here. Give me one more try. Okay. All right. Cut this out in post. I don't cut anything out in post. <laughs> I cut nothing out in post. Wrong. Disappointed. All right. Well. What All right. Do? Don't worry about it. Never mind. Then right. something's going wrong. <laughs> some, some, we have it. We're something's having some. Wrong. We're having some computer problems over there, Chris. We got a lot of computer problems. Uh, we've had a lot of technical problems lately, and uh, I, I, I'm trying to get better equipment. In fact, we put in a lot of expensive equipment. Maybe we need to get rid of it. 
Well, that's what happens sometimes when you uh, do some technical stuff on the fly. Sometimes it works. Seven. Here it is. Now it's working. I know that, but I'll come up with the seventh. Okay, uh, this, on, it's going to do every one. You only he's, wanted seven, but you're going to get all He's gradually turning from out. No, this is Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. Now, hold on. First, See, I'm not. I was fired up last night. Holy and now God. you're fucking fired up. That's a fucking bullshit. No, this is bullshit. My brain man. isn't fucking working. I've been drinking beer. This out-of-control psychotic ninja warfare demon is over here making me look foolish. And now FEMA is going to take over. And Hitler was for your fucking guns. Because only slaves are disarmed. And see now. So there's uh, Alex Jones and Joe Rogan in 2001. Uh, and now I need to remute my tab. Uh, but yeah, no, so uh, I think I think it's um, it's nice seeing AJ and Joe Rogan back in the day. Like, just as confirmation they were friends. Like Mike Tyson, he was just recently friends with Alex Jones, but Rogan and and Jones go back a long way. And I li- really like the ISO. I've been drinking fucking beer for one, which I'll clip that for you. I've been drinking fucking beer, and also Alex Jones saying my brain isn't fucking working. Both those are good ISOs, in my opinion. Well, uh, clip them out. Um, yeah, I, I heard it over years. Yeah, yeah, they've been friends for quite a while. Uh, they were on the outs for a few years because Alex was uh, disappointed with Joe's stance on, uh, on a, lot of, a lot of his guests and not being outspoken <laughs> enough on certain issues. And uh, eh, it's just the way it is, you know. But I, I guess they're friends again. And who knows what comes of that? We'll see. Well, recently, my favorite was when uh, Alex Jones was screaming. God told me, and Jesus came into my heart and said, destroy Joe Rogan. Yeah. And then, you know, a, a month later, he was back on Rogan's show, but... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just doing that to provoke Joe and obviously get some <laughs> hits on social media and, and get Joe's attention. Now they're now they're best friends again and uh, dancing and frolicking in, in Texas, whatever they do. I don't know how often they hang out. Who knows? Well, um... We're going to move on here. I have a lot of stuff to get to here. If there's two things I love in this world, at least when it comes to the podcast, it is UFOs and William Shatner. Oh, I know. Um, There is a a brand new documentary out called, uh, I believe, Terror in the Sky or Tear in the Sky, depending on how you pronounce things or how you read it. Uh, it is out on Amazon, and I purchased this documentary. Um, it features, I, I was led to believe that it features William Shatner hosting a UFO documentary, um, and he is there to assess and, and give comfort and encouragement to these UFO investigators when they go out into the real world to try to try to get data, capture all this data from all these UAPs, UFOs that are happening. And what I got was something vastly different out of this uh, out of this documentary. Uh, people may recall that, I, that we played a trailer on the show, and during the trailer, I heard Shatner say this. What is that? And I was like, oh, I fell in love. I got to check out this movie. Well, I checked it out. And I got to say um, that it is, it, this, for, for about 12 bucks, it really should have been much more than what it was. Uh, it felt like it was produced by the History Channel. It was well. It was well. It was well filmed, and there was interesting things presented. It felt like a TV, just a, a regular TV show that they didn't feel like they had the the confidence to 
put on TV as like a one-off kind of thing. And so they sold it to chumps like me to uh, to watch it. And I did. So I got a few clips from this. I'll, I'll play a few. And I have... Sounds like, it sounds like you're describing 12 mules, 12 mules, but with UFOs. Um, 12 mules, 2,000 mules. What am I talking about? Yeah. No, it's just, it's like, oh, uh, it's, they hyped it up with this big thing and you watch it and it's 90 minutes of filler, mostly. It, well, I think 2,000 mules had much more hype than this documentary. I mean, with, with Shatner involved, I was expecting something featuring William Shatner a lot more. Um, I'll, pl I'll play, and a lot of this stuff is rehashed. Like the first, I would say, 10 to 15 minutes of the documentary is like a rehash of a lot of stuff that people have already heard concerning the USS Princeton and the uh, Commander Fravor, UAP, Pentagon release. It's all like a lot of rehashed info regarding that stuff. Uh, but I'll play just a little bit. They did talk to some of the, the seamen and uh, the, uh, the flight crew uh, during that incident, and... Here's a, just a sample. On USS Princeton, I was responsible for classified material, top secret uh, data recording. In November in 2004, we were doing workups in preparation for our next deployment. I was on the USS Princeton. I was the leading operations specialist, and basically we control the radars, we man the radars, we fight the ship if we ever go to combat. My primary job was to identify everything that flew in the sky. On November um, 10th, I started to notice some really strange contacts off the coast of Catalina. During those workups, we tracked unknown aircraft for several days. This is the context here at 28,000 feet going south, about 100 knots, and I'm thinking to myself, I've never seen anything fly like that. I had 15 and a half years actual sea time sitting behind that radar. At one point, it was raining UFOs. I'd never seen anything fly like this, and all the other ships are tracking it too. Fast Eagle flight happened to be airborne. Commander Fravor, the first one to launch off the Nimitz aircraft carrier. These objects fell out. These things went straight back up to 28,000 feet again in less than a second. And then at the very end, he was, it was right in front of him. Disappeared. They exhibited flight capabilities that were well beyond anything that I'd ever seen before. So I'm pretty familiar with just about the fastest things in the sky. And these things kind of made them look like their toys. So they uh, present it, they start off like that, and obviously we kind of know that the there was a helicopter that came down, landed on the aircraft carrier the next day, collected all the data, uh, and ordered the erasing of all data that they couldn't take. Um, and the guy who was talking, a couple of the guys there, they were on the ship, um, very distressed. They brought it up with their, uh, their higher-ups, and they were basically told, uh, don't talk about it, or they made fun of them. And uh, they, they said that the people that landed down looked to be civilian. There was no real confirmation on that. Um, and that would lead you to believe that if they're a civilian, then what they saw in the sky probably is related to some sort of defense weapons technology. And they were doing some kind of training run out there. That's just my guess. Um, but this documentary takes place on the West Coast. And they set up three teams with... All this different equipment, uh, infrared, you have ultraviolet, you have night vision, you have radiation detectors, and just three different teams setting up like a triangle formation over, uh, I believe, Laguna, is it uh, Laguna or, it's right, of Catalina Islands, if you guys are familiar with that mm -hmm. area. Right. We have a Mexican restaurant near me called Lagunitas. 
No, that's not it. The same thing. I got. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar with Catalina Island. I lived in Southern California for a long, long time. That's 26 miles off the coast of LA. That's you know, that's not too far away. So that's where they were. They're in Catalina Islands, and right there on shore, maybe Laguna Beach area. Um, and so the, it was like a wide area that they created their their triangle of sensors to try to capture uh, UAPs and UFOs. Uh, because there's been a lot of reports out there. And uh, they did catch uh, a lot of stuff. Um, they were only set up for five days. They had, like a, a, I guess, a fairly limited budget. I would imagine you'd want to set up for more time, but they had five days to do this. And uh, they got some interesting things. Now, during this documentary, Shatner does not even appear until minute eight and 30 seconds, which for me, as a Shatner Star Trek fan is horrific. Like, I want to see Shatner. I want to see him talking and pontificating about uh, all Star Trek things and life out there. And this is his intro. What has made mankind is an insatiable curiosity. Mm. Insatiable. What is that? Nobody knows. The phenomena. This time, we're talking about UFOs. The fact that the government is coming up with all these uh, videos and saying it's real. Oh, they're saying it's real. Yeah. That, that it's really an unidentified flying object. Have you seen the UAP report? It's inconclusive. Exactly. Ex it's, it's, it's kind of dull. Like, um, yeah. you know, Shatner, he, he looks pretty good for his age. He's like almost 90. He, he's How does his hair look, Mike? He looks fantastic. Honestly, his hair looks fantastic. I got I'm thinking yeah, of I'm thinking of going with the Shatner. You should. You should get the Bill Shatner. Uh, it's it's kind of buzz. I the bed last night. It's uh, he, he's got a, a a buzz cut, you know, for a 90 year old. He's rotund. I think if you're gonna pull off that hairdo, Charlie, you got to put on like 80 pounds of Shatner well, weight. <laughs> he had the worst rug I've ever seen for a very, very long time. I just was curious if he was still trying to pass that off as his real hair yeah. or some sort of varmint that has been attached to his head or it whatever. Looks, I gotta say, he looks good uh, for okay, a guy who re recently went to space, came back. Uh, he looks great. I hope he has a lot more years in him. Like, he, he did a uh, History Channel show called Mysterious Mysteries or something stupid yeah. like that. I think and, he still does uh, it. This is the only Shatner ISO I have. It's uh, Weather as a Weapon. Weather as a Weapon? He was talking about the St. Louis Arch being a weather harnessing hurricane creator. I like, like the that, idea. If I remember right. Mm. I like that idea a lot. Um, but, you know, they, they present Shatner with this idea. So, hey, we're going to go out there and investigate UFOs and we'll report back to you our findings. Well, during these five days, um, they do find and, and see some weird balls of light in the sky. They uh, do. They do see like these this like weird raining of objects through infrared and they have spikes in radiation um, as they're setting up. Travis from Skinwalker Ranch, the, the the lead scientist on the Skinwalker's Ranch series, he comes out to inspect their equipment, and I guess to I don't know, play a game of grab ass or whatever. But he comes out and uh, basically shakes some hands and checks out their equipment. And like towards the end of the five days, they're like, it's nothing. Nothing really is going on. 
but they do wind up catching uh, what they consider to be a very strange event in the sky using uh, thermal and uh, radiation. Um, and uh, it's, it's basically a hole in the cloud, and through the hole in the cloud, they can see UFOs. And they said that the, it's not a naturally occurring formation of clouds. And so they did a, a more analysis on it. They took all their sensor ratings, they gave it to their scientists, and they came back with this. So they uh, got the information, they came to their conclusions, and they're back at Shatner right now. And this is their analysis and what they tell Shatner. Hi, Bill. Hi. Hi, Bill. Good to see you again. I know. I'm so looking forward to what you have. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Crazy. That crazy? Crazy. Don't waste another instant. (laughs) I need to see what you've got there. Okay. I've shown you some things before that we found that were very, very interesting. Yeah. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's not a blimp. It's it's Superman! I mean, no it's, it's, that has definitely been identified. This is already making me very I, uncomfortable. I can't tell you how excited I am. It is very cringy. It is, it, it <laughs> is, it's super cringy. The, the woman, nothing it's against her. Sexual. She's not very good at presenting this kind of stuff. Um, um, I wish she had a little bit more oomph to her. And Bill, Bill Shatner, he's all hyped up on Adderall or some shit. Um, but yeah, they're going to keep going here. Get what you've got. It's incredible. So keep your eye on this side it. of the frame. You Gets see that? Got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then lightens up. Uh-huh. And disappears. Uh-huh. Crazy. <laughs> it isn't crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. What, did anybody oh, else analyze Everyone. Don't forget. Our scientists have taken all the data yeah. for eight weeks nonstop looking into what could this possibly be. This is radiation emission. And look at that. And there is a huge burst. Incredible. Exactly of 43.37. That happens exactly at the same time as that opening and closing. Then it correlates with radar. They saw this cluster that happens to be exactly in the location of that anomaly. So, okay, so you've got a spike in the radiation, you've got a figure. So, what you're saying is that it's amorphous. It opens and closes, it contracts. So, it's nothing like we know, it's nothing that is human knowledge. Exactly. We're pointing at something and saying how mysterious our world is. This is what we think could be okay. a wormhole. Some sort of gateway, some sort of entry. What about it? What about it? It's expanding and contracting. Yeah. Well, wormhole is a separation in time. Yes. All right? And so that you can go through this separation, you can go into another time zone. That is what the scientists are investigating. That has never been explored <laughs> before zone. in this way and recorded <laughs> yeah, and measured uh, in this way. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I think it's glorious yes. that you've gone to all this time and expense to look at phenomena that we don't know anything about. So that's what they think they got. They think they they got 
the image and data from a wormhole opening and then closing out there over Catalina Island. And I want to believe. And they so this is this is their best guess with all the the data that they collected. And they got lots of it too. So they had like about um, 15 to 20 people on site measuring things. And then they had a, a team of scientists behind the scenes analyzing the data. Um, but what they showed on screen, the actual image, it, it's not much. It literally looks like six dots. There's no ship coming out of this portal. There's nothing that is visually conclusive. Um, it's It was basically a, a bit of a letdown when you're looking for what we want, which is like a nice visual, like an, a, a, a nice like gif or a movie of a portal opening up and then something zipping out and closing. That would have been great. We didn't get that. I just love the idea that he calls it a, it's like a new time zone. Like you're going from, you know, like I, I guess it's funny to me because I live on the border. So... In 30 minutes, I can be in central time, even though I live on the East Coast time. It's like, oh, my God, somebody changed time zones is how I heard it. Yeah, well, I think, uh, Bill, they should have cut that part out, but they left it in there that uh, they're opening up wormholes to skip time zones to save a Let's few Let's not hours. bury the lead here. I think Chris <laughs> is trying to tell us he is a time traveler. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. He probably has some sort of harp device, possibly Project Looking Glass in his closet. He can move back the, and forth I, an hour. On the average workday, I go back and forth between Central and Eastern constantly. So, yes, I am a time traveler in that respect. Does your phone automatically update when you go to a new time zone? Usually, yes. That's kind of annoying, isn't it? Even with my location, service is off. So how does that work? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Mm. Um, did you say that the guy from Skinwalker Ranch was there? Yeah, Travis did appear. I think if Cretched were here, he would want to know the condition <laughs> of the gentleman's phone. Well, <laughs> Travis's phone is fine. It is the other guys on Skinwalker Ranch. I believe his name is Dragon, the head of security. His mm. phone seems to be on the fritz quite a bit. Cretched. Okay. Oh, so they got like phone STDs spreading around. Yeah. Um, now, Shatner did appear, he, he appeared three times in this film, and then in the middle section, he had to mention whales, because I think it was some kind of reference to Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, where they had to collect whales to communicate with this alien device that was wrecking the world. So they, kept, they, so they took over a Klingon ship, slung shot it around the sun to travel back in time so Captain Kirk and the, those groovy guys could hang out in 1980s. Uh, San Francisco. So Shatter had to mention that. There is a phenomena that you haven't mentioned. Yes. We know that whales sing songs. He just he, he pontificates a little bit. Like it, I don't know if it, what he's saying has anything to do with the overall investigation. I guess they they had they booked Shatner probably for the day. They said, okay, we're going to give you one hour with Shatner. It's going to cost you. Uh, $100,000. So it's going to cost you three whales. Yeah, they're going to give they're going to give you got to give Shatner a lot of money. So let him do what he's got to do, then show him about show him stuff about UFOs and let him pontificate. Yeah. I'll give you $10,000. Oh, that's too low for Shatner. Shatner he loves money. He, he he he's never turned down anything. I don't Shatner's a 14 grand kind of guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, like, Shatter would come to Columbus, Ohio quite a bit during uh, comic conventions and stuff like that. And he would, uh, 
you know, sign autographs. And I, I think the last time I saw him down there, it was a few years ago, he was charging, I think, 100 or 120 for a picture. Uh, you can get your, get your picture taken with Bill Shatner and an autograph. So not that bad of a deal, but you got to imagine that thousands of people are doing that. And the comic book conventions, they pay a flat fee to get him in there. So he probably made uh, a couple hundred thousand for the weekend. His favorite place to eat, Japanese Steakhouse right across the street. He loves Japanese Steakhouse. Not Arby's. No, not an Arby's guy. Not, the, not as far as I know. I think he's a Japanese Steakhouse kind of guy. I thought everybody was an Arby's guy. Well, I mean, when you're Bill Shatner, you can uh, take it up a notch. You know, you I could, had this. I tell you what, this is not a plug for Arby's. We're not sponsored by Arby's, but goddamn it, I had a smokehouse brisket at Arby's. First time I'd been in Arby's in like five years, and that thing was so good. <laughs> Would you say you went partially because of this show? Yeah, actually, because <laughs> I was with my coworkers, and I was like, "Let's go to Arby's because they want to go to McDonald's." I was like, "Bro, I've worked at McDonald's when I was like sixteen. You do not want to eat at a McDonald's." I don't know if I've told, I might've told the show on my podcast before, but I might've told the story on my podcast before, but I watched the breakfast managers. I had only, I had not even been at McDonald's for a week working. It was my first job. I was 16 and I watched the breakfast managers store rails of Xanax, crush it up and snort them off the breakfast grill before they turned them on. Okay. I'd rather have that than like any kind of, yeah. I'd rather have that than a lot of other of the gross stuff that happens behind the counter, like people bathing oh, no. in like those giant tubs or peeing Taking in the fryer, in the, crapping yeah. in the fryer, peeing in the milkshake thing. Like the Xanax, fucking give it to me all day. At least a dozen times, if because I worked at uh, the McDonald's back then. I worked at the McDonald's by Dollywood in Tennessee, Dolly Parton's amusement park. Oh, I know it well, and. Yes, and um, I saw at least a dozen times, if not more, uh, customers that were assholes at the drive-through. The and even managers did it, not just everybody, but just like anybody did it. I didn't do it, but manager. I saw managers do it. I saw co- work coworkers do it. If somebody was an asshole in the drive-through, they would intentionally drop the burger on the floor before they put it in the in the bun and serve it. Yeah, that I, shit doesn't happen at Arby's. No, no, they, have, they hold themselves to a higher standard. Did you know that they just now finally released a their first ever hamburger? Har- Arby's? Yes, it's called the the Wagyu Beef Burger. It's their first ever hamburger. It took two years of development. It's fifty percent larger than a quarter pounder. And apparently the reviews are in, and it's supposed to be really good. Wow, okay. All right. I'm not coming to this show without some Arby's news. All right. This is how what much, I want. Uh, this is what I need. How much does it cost? Uh, that, they, did not, they did not say that. Undisclosed I, I price. I buy you for the dollar. Undisclosed price. Is it price. a dollar? <laughs> um, well, listen, we can talk about fast food all day. Uh, and we might, but we're going to move on here a little bit. We have a lot of other news to get to. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll read you down some headlines that I got here. Um, you know, I, I, I pulled some clips. I don't know if I'm going to play them of uh, Matthew McConaughey talking at the White House about gun control, but 
it's just it's just kind of sad. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of acting going on, and I don't know really what to say about it. He, he could have been President McConaughey with the way he was performing, and I think how much attention that he got. It's I, this is the only clip I got. I want to be a marine biologist. That's what I, that's what I got. <laughs> I was a marine I think, biologist. <laughs> I think Tom Cruise maybe could be his Veep. Uh, no, I, the only thing I'll say about this because I I did watch the whole thing because I'm a fucking jackass. The only thing I will say about it is Jordan Peterson tweeted out the link to his uh, whole full video with McConaughey. And Jordan Peterson, of all people, said, wouldn't you love to have a president that talks like this? He's just making sense. Something along those lines. And it's like he he did a lot of weird stuff. Like he walked up to on the podium and did one of his clicks like that's him <laughs> doing like a kind of click thing. It's almost it's like he, he beeped himself in right there. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't like, I mean, he could have uh, been as much as I like Jordan Peterson. I don't like Canadians fucking weighing in on the gun control laws of the United States. Uh, I'm trying to see if I have anything. Um, like there's this, there's like a, this. He also, I think he said he said marine biologist, but he just he had, a, he had like a he over enunciated and he it really seemed like he was acting a bit. I'm, I'm nah. sure it affected him somehow. Enunciated uh, a lot of his words and a, like he had a lot of inflections, and so yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was just it was kind of weird. Um, and all right, all right, all right. They're just gonna they're just gonna sub him in for Joe Biden. People would, I think, be okay with that at this point. Um, they, they, They're just going to they pretend were gonna like do that with Tom nobody's Hanks, watching. For a while. I was thought that? Tom Hanks was going to be in here for a minute. Oh, uh, maybe. Um, and in related political entertainment news, uh, we have Jason Alexander of Seinfeld weighing in on what you should be doing over the next few days. Uh, so here. Let's take a listen to Jason Alexander and all the uh, wonderful things he suggests you do. Everybody, it's Jason Alexander, internationally beloved comedy superstar and television icon from the 90s. Duckman. Uh, people know me, if they know me, uh, primarily for comedy, for all things comedic, for making people laugh, or at least trying to. And I think that's why the good folks at Midas Touch uh, asked if I could <laughs> oh, perhaps lend a comedic viewpoint oh, no. to a rather serious subject, that being January 6th and the January 6th insurrection. You know, I have looked at it from every comedic angle I can think of, and I tell you, it is elusive. I am not exactly putting my finger on the comedic button. Wait a second. So, wait. The fact that uh, an ex-reality TV star who became president who rallied people to come to the White House, one of which was wearing a buffalo helmet who charged into the Capitol building and then into uh, the congressional building. You don't find anything about that so silly and ridiculous and funny that you can't you can't crack a joke over that. Like it is like one person died there. It could have been worse. You don't you can't find yeah, uh, any by the way, sunny that side was of a Trump comedy supporter. here. Was that? Right. I said, by the way, that person that died was a Trump supporter, yeah. Ashley Babbitt. Say your name. And then uh, I saw Rob Reiner the other day saying that seven people died at that rally. It's like, 
Uh, did they? Yeah, I don't know. But. I'm not even picking apart that. I'm like you're. I, you're going too. And then the wrong I'm direction. Sorry, than I'm, I am. I'm, I'm like, reading. In, I'm reading into it. I'm just sorry. from from a comedic point of view. If he he claims to be a funny guy, he can't see anything funny about the situation at all. Nothing ridiculous stands out. Now I know Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, and he had brilliant writers Duck behind Man. him. Uh, Duckman was a great show. I, I never watched Duckman. So, but most Best of the things cartoon. that I, I, most of the most of the things I've seen Ale- Jason Alexander in, he's had people writing for him. Where he has been saying other things, other that funny people have written for him, and uh, I don't view him as a naturally funny guy. He's brilliant as an actor on Seinfeld and a lot of other things, but when it comes to comedy, I don't look to him. He's not a stand-up comedian. I don't no. believe. No, no, he's not. I think there's something that that does to you that builds like a real understanding of of humor. By being a stand-up comedian and working that for a long, long time, obviously we could ask Sam that, but but I don't think Jason Alexander had to go through that. So he might not honestly find anything funny about that because he's probably not a funny guy in real life when he doesn't have well, expensive writers and, and, and tremendous characters that are being built for him. So maybe he looks at January 6th and, he, and he's just so, his head's so politically up his own ass that he's unable or unwilling to see the the very obvious humor in January 6th. First of all, let's start with the fact that anybody that says it's like 9-11, that's fucking hysterical. I Worse mean, th- those Harvard. people should be institutionalized. I, I, I think... No, but let, let's, break that, let's break that down and take it a step further. Jason Alexander is... He's not only having to, like... He doesn't just have his lines fed to him. He like he has he has no original opinions in acting. But I would say beyond that, his his opinion on January sixth is probably being scripted to him as well. True, he's he just said that Midas Might, Touch yeah. brought him in. They 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 they, uh, they said, hey, can you <laughs> can you come in and and speak on our behalf or let people know. Like if the Buffalo guy uh, <laughs> is the, that the, because January sixth was a tire fire. Uh, if if the Buffalo guy got up in front of the judge and said this, it would be funny. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? See, that would be great. A call, <laughs> a call back to Seinfeld. And then you would have to find humor in that, right, Jason? Maybe not. Uh, let's play a little bit more of what Jason Alexander uh, thinks we should be doing. Here we go. You got American citizens storming our nation's capital, breaching the barricades, attacking police officers breaking and entering our Capitol building itself, committing further acts of violence, vandalizing and destroying hallways, the corridors, the offices. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Openly calling for the capture of sitting members of our government with the intent to bring them physical harm or death. All in the organized effort to stop Please the constitutionally, stop constitutionally stop guaranteed Don't process of certifying the results of a national election. If there's comedy there, it certainly does not write itself. Now, it could be we don't know the end of the story. We all certainly think we know the story. We he then goes on for another uh, two and a half minutes about this. He sounds like he's acting. He's acting. 
Well, he sounds very concerned. He obviously cares about this topic a lot, and he is urging people uh, to tune in to the live coverage that will be happening tonight. I think it's happening tonight. in 15 minutes. There's going to be a live coverage of the, the January 6th uh, <laughs> event. And uh, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be happening, buddy. It's all. Happening. I'll tell you this: this is not going to be boring, boys and girls. Yes, thank you. Um, so they're uh, it's prime time, and they, they're really coming out with uh, all their stars. So we got Ma- Matthew McConaughey mentioning marine biology. You have a guy who uh, played uh, marine biology. Uh, George Costanza, who always he's he didn't even want to be a marine biologist. That's what Seinfeld said he was. So, oh boy, it's just a, there's a lot of synchronicities going on. But we're gonna move on. Jeez, oh man, there is the uh, entertainment section. Let's see here. Uh, the uh, Bilderberg Group is meeting. Uh, I, did that meeting wrap up, Charlie? Do you know? I think it's already over. I think so. It, you think it think wrapped? I think they plotted our extermination uh, last weekend. Yeah. Well, I, I, according to this news article that I have, um, they were meeting in secret to discuss disinformation. Right. So, so that, that story in itself could have been disinformation. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. The Myth Modernization Act of 2012 legalized propaganda, so it could all just be part of propaganda. <laughs> so the uh, the Bilderberg Group first meeting was 1954. The agenda being building back Europe following the Second World War. So the list of attendees this year who attended was former Google CEO, uh, CIA director, uh, Pfizer CEO, all these people, and they had a whole list of uh, items that they needed to get to, and that was included. Uh, NATO cha- challenges, uh, China, Indo-Pacific uh, realignment, Russia, continuity of government and the economy, disruption of the global financial system, disinformation was up there, uh, energy security and sustainability, post-pandemic health, fragmentation of democratic societies, trade and deglobalization, and Ukraine, of course. Yay! So there you go. Um and also, you know, Peter Thiel was there as well. Um, a lot of a lot of people were there. I'm just like, I'm I'm trying to figure out in my head which group has more power, Bilderberg or the World Economic Forum. Well, if it's a Venn diagram, there's a lot of interlocking members sure. that are members of both. So it's not so much one versus the other. And and I would throw the United Nations group in there as well. They're all working together um some of the members are members of multiple groups um, i would say though that that the the one part of of the bilderberg that concerns me the most and one of the most i think one of the most dangerous people out there is former uh, ceo of google eric schmidt who's running the pentagon's artificial intelligence programs and starting up venture capital funds and financing a lot of this AI, Pentagon, Department of Justice type of uh, inventions that are really easy to turn on us, you know, to, to, depending on how you, how you set them up. It, 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 he's really a, a, 
a very pivotal person. And he's one of those guys that shows up in all of these things. He, he's, he'll be at Davos. He's at, uh, you know, he, he's at all the big events. So a guy like that is, is super dangerous. And, um, uh, combine that with Palantir. So, uh, Palantir right. is, uh, I, I believe it's run by Peter Thiel and Palantir is basically data analytics. Um, it's, it's hard to explain, but, it is a stream of data collected from pretty much everywhere, and it gets it gets funneled into these processors, and then you can make queries upon it to uh, determine dangers and threats, whether it's in your local town, whether it's at the national level, or even at the, the global economic level. You make projections based upon this data. You kind of get the, the feeling and mood based upon uh, a particular demographic that you're looking at. You combine that data stream with what ex-CEO uh, Eric Schmidt is doing, and then you have almost a holy grail of unfettered access to everyone's data, and then you're having AI that could make decisions upon that data. And one of the, the stories that I, I always bring up every, every few months is that the CIA claimed, I think in 2015, that it could predict social unrest and social change five to seven days out based upon computer programs, algorithms, social media posts, all that kind of stuff. Like the CIA claimed that capability publicly uh, seven years ago. I'm sure it's way far out. If they they tell you, yeah, you said they claimed that seven years ago. If they are telling you that they can claim seven days out, they probably can claim that seven years out because technology is always how far ahead. I mean, depending on what some people say, 50 to a hundred years. I mean, it depends. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the the type of technology. Cliff uh, High's WebBot program uh, was able to do a really good job forecasting mm-hmm. as well, and that's a private, you know, that's his own sort of thing. So if he could do that, just think what what you know groups of Cliff Cliff Highs could do. Exactly, you give them like almost unlimited resources with mm-hmm. uh, with unlimited access, then yeah, you're going to come up with some pretty insane stuff. And so for them to be discussing disinformation, I would, I would gather that they're just not talking about it. They already have ideas in mind to address each one of the bullet points on these breakout sessions. You know, they're having lunch, probably having some Arby's. They talk about how we're going to address this stuff. (laughs) They probably have better catering than Arby's, but who knows? Maybe Chick-fil-A. Not when Trump was uh, running things. Remember he? <laughs> That's true. Remember that legendary picture of him for for all the college football players with just walls of Big Macs. Yeah, huh. yeah no, I loved I loved the fact check on that. It was like he's like we have burgers a mile high, and then Snopes came in. They were like, actually, uh, the burgers that Trump was pointing at, they were only um, twelve feet high. Look at the size of that guy. Put that on the list of lies. So it, uh, Bilderberg's back in the news. This is their first meeting since the pandemic. So uh, that, that's some good news. Uh, that's good news. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Luke Radowski, who's, as far as I can tell, been the only one there live on the scene. There's been some other people. Um, there's uh, Luke's been there, and I think um, some people from the, the Gray Zone, uh, some of Jimmy Dore's people. So it's a, it's a nice um, issue that a lot of people, progressives, from the left and then people on the anarchistic right care about because you should get to know your rulers. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that's the best way to understand what's going on is trying to get information that would come out of these meetings about what's going to happen 
in the next few years, but they're pretty well, tight-lipped in, about it. In in doing that, you say no know, know who your rulers are. Let's talk about Peter Thiel, right? He's a one of the PayPal mafia guys, one of the guys that started PayPal with Elon Musk. With Elon. Yep. He's the owner of a company called Ambrosia, which is taking young children's blood and selling it to old rich people. Oh. He runs Palantir where, with, with Alex wait, Carp. Pause there, Charlie, if you could. Yes. Is that where the term ambrosia salad came from? Like if I, I'm at a Thanksgiving and someone brings ambrosia salad, does that have children's blood? I think it, ambrosia is a re- reference, is a biblical reference. Yeah, I think that's probably You're drunk on our children's blood, for God's sake. Well, what's in the ambrosia salad that I'm eating? Oh, God. You get the fake blood. Yeah. They're okay. not going to spring Thank for you. that. But go right, on, Charlie. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. so, I mean, he's just, this is, he's, he's notorious for um, financing friend of the show, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. in his lawsuit against Gawker. Did he? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Because Gawker outed him as a homosexual. Not that anyone really cared one way or the other. That's for damn sure. But he didn't want it out there, and he wanted to. He wanted to destroy them, and so he financed Hulk Hogan to sue Gawker, and they won and put him out of business. Yep. So, and he's a Republican. He's a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. So he's an interesting dude. And and what in Palantir, ninety seven percent of their revenue comes from the Department of Defense. They are essentially. There is no separation between them and the intelligence agencies, and they're crunching numbers in a way that can be very dangerous. So you you have to wonder, like who, like you said, know who you who's ruling over you. Well, that's Peter Thiel. Alex Carp has some questions too. Who's he's actually the guy running Palantir? He's got some questions about his sexual history and some insane shit that he's into. So these, I think it's safe to say these are the wrong people. To be in charge yeah. of things, but but you know, it, but but we we can't pretend like they don't exist either. We have to we have to sort of keep an eye on them and watch what they're doing because they're we're in a situation where they have undue influence. Peter Thiel bought ten percent. He financed ten percent of Facebook for five hundred thousand bucks. Wait a second, how much? He put five hundred thousand dollars into Facebook. Early, early, oh, early, 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 got 10% of the company. I didn't know you. When it wow. went public, he, he made a billion dollars on just that one deal. Oh, no. So he's got unlimited money. And and now in, in, in a relationship with Eric Schmidt and the Pentagon, it's just, you know, it's just something, something to keep your eye on because that's like the next level of of this stuff is is moving into this quantum <laughs> computer <world. laughs> Well, if the, you're wondering how they're going to find us, well, uh, right there, Charlie, spit it out there, which is uh, Peter uh, Peter Thiel, Palantir, Data, Analy- data Analytics, then uh, AI with ex-Google uh, guy. And what are they going to do with it? Well, here's the next story here, which is DHS to go after conspiracy forums in terror threat bulletin. Oh, yes, a bulletin. The Department of Homeland Security issued a terror threat bulletin Tuesday warning that online forums harboring domestic violent extremist content and conspiracy theories have encouraged copycat attacks in the wake of the mass shooting at the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. So, um, so that kind of brings a new word, a new meaning to the word bullet in. I suppose so. Yeah. You can give me a buzzer. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, analysis from DHS Office of Intelligence and Analysis assesses that these online platforms have also seized on the event to attempt to spread disinformation and incite grievances, including claims it was a government-staged event meant to advance gun control measures. As an analyst probe recent tragedies in search of common factors or motives, researchers have uncovered a disturbing trend among gunmen of fatal shootings nationwide. Um, so terror. So they. Uh, so terrorism. This is from a tweet, Mark Summer. Terrorism bulletin warns of heightened risk of violence from people who believe the 2020 election was fraudulent, that uh, that the border is open, and in the racist great replacement replacement conspiracy theory, or in other words, Car- uh, Tucker Carlson's audience. Okay. So that's the, <laughs> the tweet sent out by Mark Summer. Okay. Oh, Tucker. So that's the bulletin right there, and they'll use all that uh, software we just mentioned to... Find people. So there we go. By the way, shout out to Tucker for giving Alex Stein a shout out this week. That was pretty cool. You got him dinged from Twitter, though. Yeah, well, that's what's going to happen when you get your uh, when you poke your head above the water that Alex Stein is uh, doing. He's 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 got national attention at this point, doing all his tomfoolery and shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. we did a show with him, me, uh, Alex, and Chris. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we talked about 9/11 for like three hours. Oh, really? It was good. It was a good show. Yeah. Yeah, Now I think Alex might be too big for my britches now because now he's guest hosting for uh, the Alex Jones show nowadays. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's been he's been on uh, Infowars like four times now. Okay. Yeah, good for him. By the way, while we're kind of taking a pause, I just have to say, Bud Light Orange, do not buy. This is garbage. Bud Light Orange. I thought it's like Bud Light Lime wasn't good, but it's like Bud Light Orange that might be good. No, it's not. So do, do not buy Bud Light Orange. Not this a is joke. Not an ad. This is an ad to not buy this. But I'm still gonna drink it because it's all I have in the house. So it's got like an orange flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Mm. What is this? It's made with um, orange peels and natural flavors, which, as we know, natural flavors is just a brand name that can be anything. So yeah, that's awful. I think it's like. Four, Four point five percent ABV. Yeah, it's not good, but it's the only beer I got in the house right now, so that's what I'm drinking. All right, well, drink away. Drink a <laughs> bunch of those. <laughs> I'm not gonna drink too many. Stop it. I'm. I'm at the second one for the day. One lemon's so. gonna get you. <laughs> yeah. Don't drink too many. Stop it with yeah. the well, ignorance. I, I should have instead of Bud Light Don Orange, I should have bought Bud Light Don Don Lemon. Do they still make Bud yeah. Dry? What is that? I don't think so. I think that's before your time, Chris. Uh, back in the uh, 90s, they said they had I a... I was born a, in 94. Yeah, well, you weren't drinking back then. Um, mm-hmm. They had an ad called... Uh, it was like, why ask why drink Bud Dry? <laughs> yeah, okay. And I, I don't know what the angle of Bud Dry... I think it was just like a little different flavor. I think it's probably what the same thing they're doing with that bullshit over there with the Bud Orange. Is it just wanted like a new marketing angle to sell more alcohol? I remember on the Colbert Report, uh, Stephen Colbert would drink Bud Light Limes. And I tried the Bud Light Lime and I was like, this is horrible. Oh, it's got to be Bud Light Orange. You have to be gay to to drink Bud Light Lime, I think. It's got to be bullshit. (laughs) Maybe I am gay, man. What are you saying? Yes. Just saying. Just saying. No, I'm not gay. Not that I know of. 
Not you don't, you don't know. Tonight. You don't know. It's Gay Pride Month. You could be out there experimenting, trying to... I love you, Chris. Trying to find yourself. We don't know. Well, okay. it is uh, top of the hour. What do you say, guys? You want to open up the phone lines a little bit here? Hell yeah, let's, dude. I love the phone lines. Let's open the phone lines a little bit. All right, I'm going to shut up and take your calls. And that doesn't uh, sound too good. No, it doesn't sound too good, does it? <laughs> Uh, 614-388-9109 or you can Skype directly in and we have a few more stories for everyone I I mean there's so much like Charlie sent over a lot of links there's like some more cryptid and UFO stuff I want to get to Um, we can forego my stories because mine were pretty dumb well, all the stories are dumb Chris (laughs) alright well we'll work in maybe one of mine All right, Uh, caller you're on the air Hi, hello, Scarlett from Los Angeles, California. Scarlett from LA. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I just was calling in to say that I've been listening to the show since 2018, I think almost four years now, and I have never missed a single episode. I even bought a, a, a waterproof speaker so that I can take with me into the shower so I, I can listen to you guys' the show because I, oh I never miss anything. Oh my and God. I, it's just, a comfort listening. I don't. There's nothing. It's. I just. I just sit back, and I just listen. Uh, you guys listen to you guys in the car, while I do chores, just just all the time. Um, and I just really appreciate uh, what you guys talk about paranormal, you know, conspiracy theories and everything. You guys are a really unique show, and uh, yeah, just wanted to appreciate what you guys do. Well, thank you. You're one of the uh, few women listeners that uh, call in. I think our our audience is right around ten to fifteen percent women. This is kind of like a you know a very juvenile dude show. So we appreciate you taking the time to listen. I mean, it really is a pretty stupid show, isn't it? Um. Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's it just is a bunch of guys being dudes. Yeah. But I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you listening out there in L.A. How are you holding up out there? Oh, my God. You know, uh, I'd say you walk into a Trader Joe's, about 80% of people are wearing masks. Yeah. And I only wish Joe was on the show right now so he can rage out at that. But uh, a lot of people are wearing masks. The real Trader Joe. <laughs> Everyone's wearing masks. It's madness. Yeah. And now that this monkeypox is coming out, um, a lot, I see a lot more people wearing masks now. So. Yes. Release the monkeypox. <laughs> well, it will be right, happening. Well, Thank you very much. We appreciate you calling up. Can I get a uh, rapid uh, Alex Jones uh, name list? You know, Eric, Danny, Samantha. Sure. You know. Kevin, David, Tyler, Harold, Joseph, Jim, Scott, Brian, Larry, Stan, Riley, all of you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Call me up. She said it was a comfort show, and after yeah, after like a couple weeks of Pornhub and um, pillows, man, I make a comfort myself. <laughs> Caller, you're on the air. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Adam from Denver Gets Redfield. Oh, hey, what's up, Adam? Adam, my man. What's I'm up, brother? I'm a big, uh, big fan of all of you. Y'all been on my show. Yeah, now you're on our show. Yeah, it's amazing. This is crazy. It. What's on your What's on your mind, Adam? 
showception. It's like comeception. We should build through. a come for it. Well, now you're through. Hey, didn't you recently go to Puerto Rico? I did. When I did go to Puerto Rico, I'm thinking about going next year if, if the world's still here. Do you recommend that I go? Um, if you could go to Puerto Rico right now, I would say no. It might be different um, the next time, next next time, this time next year. But um, it was a uh, masked up hellscape. Really? It was. Um, yeah, it was like probably ninety five percent of the people wore masks. The only people not wearing masks were the gringos. It was like it was hot. It was like ninety degrees with ninety degree humidity. I saw like little kids passed out in strollers wearing masks, like little two year old kids. It was pretty. It was it was a bummer, man. Um, it's the only place I've ever been asked about my vaccination status. You walk up to restaurants and they and they uh, they try to spray your hands with a bottle full of rubbing alcohol. And when you say no, they're really surprised oh, because nobody's ever said no to them before. And um, yeah, everything's really expensive beyond that. But I mean, it's beautiful. It's warm. The beach is cool. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I are looking to go uh, next year at some point in time to really kind of explore the island. And uh, you're, what you're telling me, it doesn't sound like a very positive experience. Yeah, I would go to uh, Mexico if I were you. Okay. If you had the opportunity. Um, but it was it was cool. Like, um, we uh, stayed with some friends that have a house there and live there six months a year. Um, they're like crypto people. So they go there so they don't have to pay taxes. And, uh, they had an old, uh, Toyota forerunner from the nineties and, um, they rented it to us for like $30 a day. And we just like, we drove from the West coast all the way to the, to the East coast, man. So it was, it was cool. Got to see like every part of the Island, but yeah. You seen any UFOs? A lot of UFOs in Puerto Rico. Uh, Last time I went, we had a bunch of extra money to spend. We called it Snorter Rico. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah um no i didn't see any ufos um yeah but uh it was, it was a good time I, I had to spend time with my wife and it was it was fun got to go on the first vacation uh ever together really in like seven years so that was cool but other than that um if you have the opportunity to go somewhere else i would recommend it okay fine we're gonna break my wife's heart <laughs> but i'll let her know hey adam is our episode yeah. up yet yeah, I just put it out. Oh, cool. Send me a link. I'm going to, because that was fun. We had a good time. Yeah, I was trying to. Uh, Give me more twisting. On, I was trying to put it up on YouTube the other day, and um, uh, I couldn't. And it was like, I realized I had a strike. They'd given me a strike from having Jason Burmis on in like April of 2021. Yeah, they'll go back. Once they find one, they need to stick through everything. And then next thing you know, you either have to delete your archives and or just get banned. So I just got two strikes on my YouTube account for posting Union of the Unwanted videos. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) For Peter McCullough and Judy Mikevitz. I haven't even gotten on to YouTube because I'm just I'm just like, okay, at this point, so many people I know have been banned off YouTube. I'm just going to hang out here. And uh, just posted an RSS feed. But then I realized, I uh, heard this on No Agenda maybe a year ago, because I started the podcast two and a half years ago, I think. If, according to the Squarespace Terms of Service, if Squarespace deems your episode inappropriate in some way, then they have the right somehow to ban it 
from your uh, provider. So somehow Squarespace apparently can reach out, or sorry, somehow Square, um, Spotify can reach out to Squarespace and have an episode banned. Probably. And they reserve the right to do that. That's in the TOS. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm, I don't use that. I use uh, Libsyn, and then I'm building my own because Libsyn is the most lenient when it comes to, they just host stuff. They don't, I don't, for the most part, don't get involved with politics. They're just a hosting service. But I can see Squarespace doing that, and uh, I can definitely see them communicating with Spotify. So, Well, hey, Adam, thank, yeah. you, for, thank you for calling up, buddy. we got to get you on Union of the Unwanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to come back on again sometime. That'd be cool. And um, just uh, shout out to you guys out there. Um, you're uh, three of my favorite podcasts all together as one. So thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the call. And um, take me out with a goblin, please. You got it. If you want a goblin, you got the goblin. <laughs> Love the you, goblin. Man. The goblin. Come back on my show soon. The creature. Anytime, bro. See you guys. Bye. Bye. It's a- hey, Mike. When you when you uh. set up your IPFS, when, when you set up your Raspberry Pi and all that stuff, mm-hmm. will you? Would it be too much to ask for you to like film it? Yeah, How you do I was, it? I was going to do a tutorial on it. Yeah. I was going to do a tutorial because I think that would be super helpful for a lot of people that are thinking about that to, to sort of see like what that process is. Cause I don't know enough about it. We like, we had Ernie Hancock on and he was talking all about it, but I just don't know. I'm not tech. I don't have the technical background to really understand it, but I, but I, I get a feeling that like, if you were to explain how it all worked, it would make a lot more sense to dummies like me. I will, yeah, I will do. I'll, when I set it up again um, on my new cluster, I'll I'll, try, I'll do my best to explain it and how everyone can use it. It's it's still kind of convoluted, but yeah, I'll do my best, Charlie. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what's good, y'all? I, I hope I don't sound too terrible. I got a different setup for today, unfortunately. You sound terrible. Good. I'm just yeah. point out for a minute. Uh, do you know what Matthew McConaughey would suggest to voters? What he would suggest to voters? Yeah, you got to vote all blue, all blue, all blue. All blue, all blue, all blue. Blue yeah, balls. Yeah, like all right, all right, all right. All right, okay. Uh, uh. I, uh, <laughs> I get it now. It's coming. How could you have done that? I get it now. Okay. You know, I had to. I had to. I had to do it. You're eating something real bad. All right, all right, all right. I actually had a question for uh, Sir Sir Seat Sitter, a.k.a. Skidmark and Charlie Robinson. Um, are we ever going wait, to see... My na- uh, wait, wait, wait. Is my name Sir Sir Seat Sitter, a.k.a. Skidmark and Charlie Robinson? That's my whole name? Yep. No, that was... Okay. There's a definitive All right, pause. sorry. Yeah, but there was a... Con- the logically, it, the end statement was there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are we, are we going to see uh, Charlie Robinson on Battle of the D-Bags Part 6 or 5? Yeah. I have invited Charlie, and I have invited Midnight Mike. It'll be sometime in the fall if they're down. Ooh, yes, very yes. exciting. Yeah, me yeah, too. Lot. Me too. I, I've 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 already I've already select. I we we I can't talk about it. It's tea, tough you secret. can you can publish it. Honestly, I I like having the d bags public because um, we've already crossed bridges where somebody had already picked one, and the other person I had to tell them like, no, someone already picked that douchebag. Do you want me to uh, so, say who who my first pick is? Yeah, it's Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah. you son of a bitch! <laughs> I mean, checkmate. 
Yeah, nobody's a bigger douchebag than Steven Seagal. That's a pretty good one, I gotta say. Well, people keep coming in with like Lavish brought George Soros and then Kretchen brought Bill Gates, so now we got those two. Well, I mean, it's I I mean, is it douchebag or is it evil villain? Mm. That's what I dude. That's what I've been saying. I don't know if you've heard the episodes about douchebags. We do them every time we've done them. We've done four now. We've done them live right after No Agenda ends, and people keep voting for like it. Like the uh, let me run through the winners. The first one was Ethan Klein, H three H three. The second one was oh, Chinkinger, Young Turks. Yeah. Hey, Boo Bear, are you, list- are you listening to opera in the background? Uh, you know, there's uh, graduations at work today, so yeah, we got to get real patriotic. Oh, okay. Oh, you so you listen to the Star Spangled. Okay. I'm gonna come back. Hey, uh, actually, real quick, Mike, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll let you. I'll let y'all go. Sure. I um just it's today. Cool. I didn't mean to go. Uh, just today, I was able to get the uh, the PeerTube channel that you and I were discussing. I was able to get it set up to receive Satoshis. So now we got boostable videos. Boostable Satoshi coin uh, donations to that. Well, congratulations. You're, you're doing some technical things for a non-technical person. See? Yeah. Charlie, <laughs> even Booberry can do it. Wow. So let me as yeah, well, succinctly and calmly as I can explain what's currently happening. So, if you could hit me with some uh, Alex Jones technical malfunction yes. uh, karma, hopefully we're going to be doing our first video live stream on Sunday with uh, Dave Jones of Podcasting 2.0. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll uh, we only have $500,000 computers, not $10 million ones like Fox News. <laughs> okay, and there's definitely something wrong with our phone system. We have a phone system failure. Man, what is going on with our phone system? Yeah, I'm, I'm having a phone system issue in here. There you go, Booberry. Hey, thanks for calling in, buddy. Ice cream. Thanks, y'all. Have a good one, y'all. Ice cream. Ice cream cone. I love, I love, I love how Alex in that clip you have, Mike, where he's he says like, <laughs> we we've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on these equipment. Maybe we just throw them out and get new ones. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you get frustrated, I know how you feel sometimes. Some, you, you put that much money in ice just cream. Just doesn't work sometimes. What do you, why is he playing ice cream over and over again? I, he's sorry. I had six different ice cream clips, and somebody brought up ice cream, or maybe I imagined that somebody brought up ice cream. I don't know. I don't think anybody brought up ice cream at all. All right, sorry. I, I don't think I'm anybody closing out the clips window. I'm closing out the clips window. It's my bad. I just I don't think anybody called, like said mentioned anything about ice cream. I could be wrong. It is a fast moving show. Uh, well, thank you everyone for uh, calling up. We've got, we got some headlines to uh, to get to. Not like we haven't been doing headlines already, but uh, I guess we have some additional stuff. Um, let's see here. Okay, just some quick uh, quick little things here. Um, so, uh, in the news, we have a UFO showing up during the Queen's Jubilee celebration. Uh, that's good news. You guys see that one? UFO yes. showing up? Okay. Yeah, like an orb or something. It's just, yeah, it's an, an orb that flew through, like, the the contrails of the jets that were flying over. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. I'm assuming the spelling of that is J-E-W-B-I-L-L-Y? Jubilee? Uh, I think it is close to that, yes. Okay. Is G U B I L E E Jubilee? Okay. Um, close. Then was a headline here: New reactive chemical found in Earth's atmosphere. That's some good news on that front. Oh yes, there's a new chemical. I think it's called uh, it's O three. 
So it's oxygen trioxide. It's like it's called trioxide. That's now in our atmosphere. And that's not good. It's almost like Earth is being terraformed for a silicon-based uh, organism. Who knows? Uh, then that's Peter Thiel. He knows. It, it does. It feels that way with uh, everything that's going on. It, it feels like the Earth is being terraformed. And it's being set up for whatever organism emerges next. Our alien overlords. Yes, right? possibly. Well, uh, speaking of alien overlords, belief in a Roswell UFO crash remains strong 75 years later. I'll bring this up on screen because this is kind of relevant. Um so a recent poll has demonstrated that many people in the U.S. still believe that aliens crashed at Roswell in 1947. Uh, there are few events in UFO lore that, ho- that are hotly as debated as the Roswell incident, an event that has been covered in countless books, documentaries, TV shows, movies over the last few decades. Exactly what was found scattered across the ranch approximately 30 miles north of Roswell in 1947 continues to remain a controversial topic with some believing it was a crashed alien spacecraft, some uh, subscribing to the official weather balloon story, and others, again, believing it was some sort of secretive government project that went awry and had to be covered up. Well, uh, I, uh, I I got the book Area 51 by Annie Jacobs. In that book, she c- contests that it, it in her belief... It was a Soviet experiment with deformed children on board that crashed at Roswell. It was a Soviet vehicle with deformed children that were there. And uh, there are other people that believe that it was actual aliens. There are people that believe it was Project Mogul. And then Nick Redfern believes that uh, it was some sort of U.S. uh, experiment where they were actually using prisoners in high-altitude experiments. Um, It's still hotly contested, but I did read uh, recently that uh, Soviet spies were very interested with what was going on in the U.S. at that point in time. So Stalin had spies over in the United States to try to get as much information about the Roswell crash and all the UFOs that were appearing in the skies. Um, and so they reported back to Stalin, but all those documents and papers were lost when the wall came down and Russia kind of faded, or the Soviet Union faded away. So all those documents that uh, Stalin collect, collected about UFOs and Roswell, they're they're gone. So we don't know. Hmm. Charlie, what do you think? What, what crashed there? I, I mean, I don't think it doesn't make any sense that they're using deformed people. I mean, I mean, I think that there was. I look. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't, know. I, I'm a believer that there are aliens. I don't know if that if that's what that was, or if that was a setup to demonize Russia or something. I, I to kick off this UFO threat agenda. I don't know. I don't oh know. yeah, there's another one. There's like the, the fifth uh, theory is that it was a crashed German vehicle from the Third Reich. Right. Yeah. That it was that, actually. So. Uh, Germans that crashed there, and they had to yeah, say, yeah. "Oh, can't be Germans because we were supposed to kill all these fuckers two years ago," and so blame it on aliens. Like, oh no, don't blame it on aliens. Blame it on weather balloons. So, Chris, what do you think, Roswell? 
Chris? Chris is... Oh, I'm muted. I'm sorry. I was <laughs> muted. I was muted. I'm sorry. I pulled it. Uh, all right. Uh, no, I, I, uh, you know me, uh, Mike, you've been on my show at least three times. I think this whole thing has been a long con setup to convince people that there is an alien invasion as the last ploy to set up a world government. COVID didn't work. The next ploy, I actually believe it or not, made a $500 bet with one of my buddies last week. We were out there shooting guns, allegedly, because I know you're not allowed to shoot guns anymore. We were out at his place. He's got a huge amount of property out here in Tennessee. He's got like five acres and a shooting range. And I told him, I was like, I will bet you $500 that by 2032, there will be a fake alien invasion or an alien invasion. I didn't even qualified as fake i said there will be an alien invasion i say it's fake but even if there's a real alien invasion i still win the bet he took the bet because he doesn't think it's going to happen i think the whole thing is like a long con setup and like charlie said i don't think that that's because aliens don't exist i just think there's been a long con over the years to lure people people into thinking that aliens are a threat and when the war on terror didn't work, and now the war on viruses doesn't work. They're gonna. The next step is gonna be the war on aliens. It's gonna be Independence Day. Will Smith's gonna slap the shit out of those aliens. Like I don't know. I think all happen. the. I think all the wars worked. Like it. It. Uh, it reduced the amount of like mobility that your average citizen has. It gets them used to certain checks and uh, paperwork and more bureaucracy layers of bureaucracy. I think so. All their wars. Uh, achieved some sort of agenda, but but the problem with their those wars, like the war on terror, it was pro nationalism in a lot of ways. So you see what I'm saying? Like sure. the uh, the 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 war on aliens would be pro globalism because the world has to come together. The war on terror was like, oh, the Muslim, the sandy people over there, they gotta, you know. Uh, yeah, I see your point, and yeah, if if, if that were to happen, then yeah, it would be a global a global war. It would unite everyone. So I mean I guess that's their their theory. So, and but like I said, I, I think aliens probably do exist. Uh, whether they've been here or not, I don't know. But I do really love the theory that OBDM introduced me to, which was this idea of underground advanced civilizations, whether they're extra extraterrestrial or terrestrial. The I, it seems like most of these UFOs are coming in and out of the water, which yeah. is well. I was going to say something about that, Mike, when you mentioned that the story we talked about earlier that, you know, uh, about being off the coast of Southern California looking for UFOs and things like that. It reminded me of Bill Cooper's story of when he was in the Navy and how he was there and saw something come up out of the water and take off. And he was there on a boat with other guys and they all saw it and they saw what they saw and they saw it a, a second time. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe while they've got us all looking up, it's the perfect magician head fake distraction where every, everything's underwater or underground even. What is that? I, I think that is one of the also another big miss on uh, the most recent documentary starring William Shatner, Terrence Sky, uh, is that they had no sensors under the water. Uh, they didn't. I it, if they did, they didn't display it in the documentary. They could have had sonar under there. They could have had so many other devices. They could have had like some subs under there just looking around. They did not do that. And I think that's a big miss considering all the information that's come out about UFOs 
in their interaction going in and out of water. Uh, even off the uh, Catalina Island, uh, they, they said that they saw UFOs uh, that were dropping out of the sky going down to the water. So why not put some sensors down there? And I think you're probably correct, Chris, that uh, uh, I think the underground, under the water, that's, that's the real game. All this stuff up in the sky, um, I think it's just like... I think oct- octopuses might be the real aliens. Maybe. I got a headline here that Charlie sent over. This has been going around for a few weeks. I saw this uh, image on uh, our friend's feed, Tony, from the Confessionals podcast. And uh, this image is on screen. Headline, Chupacabra, person with a strange hat, mysterious, unidentified Amarillo object caught on camera near Amarillo, Texas Zoo. And so what's on here, it looks like like a dog man kind of creature. That's what it looks like. This is a bipedal humanoid that looks like he has like a almost like a, a wily coyote face. What is that? A, a, a gorgon? <laughs> it, it could be a gorgon. It could be uh, what is it? A, 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 a gorgon, a zombie, a vampire, a werewolf, a chupacabra, a bigfoot. It was a pigman. <laughs> it wasn't a pigman. Well, it could have been a pigman, but we don't know. So what uh, appeared to be a mysterious-looking creature was filmed lurking outside the Amarillo Zoo, leaving city officials baffled on what it might be. In the dark and early morning hours of May 21st, security cameras inside the perimeter fence at the zoo captured a still image of a strange visitor outside the zoo at approximately 1.25 a.m., according to the Wednesday news release from the city. It's pretty creepy looking. What, what What day was it? It was the twenty first of May. Oh, I was I was gonna say if it was in November, it could have been a corn on the cobra, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, chupacabra. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chris. All right. <laughs> the man's a gob. <laughs> um. So this Do you has been go- again? this is not. I'm not, I'm not getting wasted time, dinging you. Okay, you you ran out. The button is depressed now. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> it's uh, it's being worn out. Uh, this has been going around. Like, if it is like a person, it's a pretty thin, lanky person. Um, I like to know how tall that fence is. So, what's an average height of a chain link fence that's the perimeter? Eight feet. So, this thing's probably five to six feet tall at most, I would guess. So, city officials are asking anyone with ideas about the visitor's true identity to contact the city of Amarillo's uh, public communications department. And so the government's involved, the local government's involved. So uh, it's a fascinating little little piece right there, but I'm guessing they're assuming it's some dude or a guy in a costume. Uh, up, He's just making Mary out there, Tom Fullery. So I don't know. If it is really a dog man, fantastic. Yes. Well, so speaking of Tony Merkel, our mutual friend, he's the producer of my show, Macroaggressions, and Chris, he's your new neighbor. He just moved to your neck of the woods. Um, He put out a show. I will. I'll hook you you guys up. Um, He put out a show where he went to the, he went into the, the mountains in Kentucky with a guy who had called his show 
talking about seeing Dogman, having not just seen it, but having like a really horrible experience with his own dogs. And, and they were out hunting in the woods and this Dogman thing like destroyed his dogs in front of him and things like that. And it was so sincere and so spooky that Tony's like, well, I'm going to hire a film crew. We're going to go out there and we're going to look for ourselves and see what we can find. And so he did that and he put together this really great Oh, documentary this I, I guarantee it didn't have william shatner in it but besides that it was pretty fucking good that's that story you're talking about charlie i listened to yep. the entire thing the guy who's telling this story conveys so much detail and there's like a lot of emotion in his voice because you can tell he cares about his dogs he's out there hunting in the woods as a as a young man and he encounters something that is ripping one of his dogs apart um scaring the hell out of him, chasing him, and his his dog is fighting for his master's life. And it is an insane story. I'll, I'll find the link and I'll, I'll post it up in our Discord. I'll post it on social media. It is a fantastic story. And Tony took that and, and ran with it and went to the, the location or thereabouts of where that dog man sighting, that incident took place. Um very well filmed documentary. I think it's uh, I think it's the first of many that he is going to do. So hats off yep. to him for for putting out something as strong uh, as that first effort for for what he's doing. So good for him. Yeah, I agree. The uh, Dog Man scares the shit out of me. I'll be honest. Like the like Dean Reiner and I did that whole Dog Man episode, and he's since then I, for two or three weeks after that, the woods behind my house, I did not enter them because I was freaked out. But you know that was like a year ago. And I was at this guy's house. Uh, we we had just got done golfing, and I went to my buddy's house afterwards. We drank, uh, you know, a twelve or a Modelo's. We're sitting there shooting the shit, and his neighbor comes over, and you know, I give him a beer, and he starts talking, and he's like, "Bro, you gotta see this thing the Bigfoot left in my woods." He would not let me take a picture of anything. He said because he did not. Uh, he didn't even say he didn't want to ruin a good thing. It was something along the lines of like. I think if something gets posted, they're going to be on to me. And he told me straight up front, and this is like a redneck guy. He was carrying a shotgun and a pistol the whole time we were walking around. He said he was worried about if if I posted anything, they'd be on to his location. And he told me they that Bigfoot are definitely interdimensional creatures. But he showed me a picture. Or not, sorry. sorry. No, he wouldn't let me take a picture. He, sh he showed me. He brought me into the woods, and I saw it in person. If you can see me on camera, there's like a huge tree going straight down the middle. And on either side, there were two other huge trees going straight in a cross section. Except both those two trees were buried multiple feet into the ground. And he said he heard some grunts out there. And before this had happened, this guy tells me, he said, I didn't believe in Bigfoot. And I was like, I just want to see one. I just want to see one. And he put that thought out in the universe and within... Within minutes, outside of his house, he heard this loud thud, loud thud, loud grunting, and that's when that showed up. And he brought me out there, and dude, I don't know if a human could have done this. You would have needed a machine to do it. There was a, and this was two nights ago he showed me this, there was a huge tree in a perfect cross-section. There's a tree standing in the middle, tree in a perfect cross-section going this way, tree in a perfect cross-section going the other way, in a, just a perfect unison like there's no way it naturally occurred and those trees were buried into the ground and you could see that they've been forced into the ground they didn't grow out of there there's a lot of bigfoot wild. researchers that 
that suggests that those treat those X's, those crosses, uh, those are produced by Bigfoot as some sort of like marking their territory or some sort of symbol to other Bigfoots in the area to stay out or to mark hunting areas. So it's fascinating. Oh, I mean, I believe there's something out there. I I think the government knows about it. And I got goosebumps uh, when I saw that. When you showed me that, I was like, Ooh. it's crazy stuff. Well, let's do a few more headlines here, guys. Just a few more. We get the hay out of here. I got so Charlie had that one. Here's another one from Charlie. Chris, get yours ready. Uh, I got one or two I can okay. get. You can send it over. I sent one on the, on the uh, not the carrot shop, but the, uh, the can, regular DM. You can throw, yeah, DM. That'd be cool. Uh, here it is. Headline, Taco Bell opens first restaurant with high-tech drive-thru experience. Uh, that's good news. Oh, what is a high-tech? <laughs> I wonder what this experience is going to be like. So, Taco Bell opened its first high-tech restaurant location in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, under its new Defy concept, which aims to reduce service time by to two minutes or less while prov- providing a fun, easy, and seamless drive-through experience. All right. The two-story location. Oh, my God. By the way, this two-story location, it looks like it's out of Blade Runner. It's all it's like neon purple lights. No. It's no, no, like no, no. it's like a synth wave, vapor wave, Blade Runner kind of stuff. It looks like the Taco Bell of the future. It Do you remember like- when I was telling you about working at McDonald's? Yeah, I remember that. I worked at the one right by Dollywood. I've been Dude, to that one. They had no shit. Okay, well they had three lanes. And do you know how hard it is when you have one drive-through window, but three lanes of people going, figuring out whose order is coming up? Dude, That I never worked fast food again, dude. First job, last job in fast food, dude. That was so bad. Well, you're not going to have that so problem here. This. You're not going to have some. You're not going to have this problem at this four-lane Taco Bell. Everything's automated. It's a oh, nobody t- can drop your Taco Bell on the floor. It's going to be all robots. They're going to. They have you ID. <laughs> They're using Palant here to figure out who you are. There's yep. going to be there's going to be robots snorting Xanax on the grill. <laughs> we should. We can only hope. You just <laughs> think about your order, and it it did. It gets delivered. <laughs> the two-story location, which broke ground last summer, features four drive-through lanes, digital check-in screens for mobile order customers, uh, unique QR codes, two-way audio and video technology for customers to talk to Taco Bell employees, and a proprietary vertical lift design by Minneapolis's based of Vertical Works to transport customers favorite menu items so your food drops out of the fucking sky yeah oh really sky tacos uh three of the defy concept lands will be dedicated to mobile and third-party delivery orders so basically uber eats and doordash i mean that's what that's what they're saying there mobile alabama uh, meanwhile, the fast food chain's fourth lane will be dedicated to customers looking for the traditional drive-through experience. Okay, and the fifth lane will be dedicated to people that just want to fight each other. Yeah, well, I, well, I, I guess there are some Taco Bell fights. You can have that there. Yeah, especially at two a.m. You know, you get done with the bar, you fight. You, you, you go to fight. Taco Bell to fight. Sure. Uh, the location will be operated by local franchise fan, franchisees, Borders Foods which has more than 230 Taco Bell locations across the upper Midwest. Okay, that's good news. This thing must have cost millions and millions and millions of dollars. This is crazy. They're not, they don't 
post in here how much it costs, but just looking at it, <laughs> it's like three stories. It shoots into the sky like this glorious, futuristic, dystopian Taco Bell future. And like uh, the Blade Runner of Taco Bell. It is. It's, 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 it's weird. Like, I suspect that they have AI running here and they'll be able to predict your order before you even get up to that drive through window. I'm more of the fifth element Taco Bell kind of guy. Yeah, me too. I want too. Gary Oldman with a weird haircut there to give me my order. Yeah. Look at that guy. <laughs> you put that story in the uh, carriage or the uh, DM right there? Oh, you did. Okay. I sent you know, like three of them. I think the first one might be a good one to start with, if, uh, but we don't we do one or one or two tops of these. Uh, I'm going to do the second one because this is, this is topical. Okay. So, Paul Pelosi's DUI charges dropped. Unfounded rumor goes viral. This is what I want. This is what I need. Okay. Paul Pelosi, uh, husband of Nancy Pelosi. Okay. So, let's see here. Fox News contributor uh, Leo Terrell also chided the seemingly hypocrisy of the law enforcement writing Twitter... Right on Twitter. I, I, can't, I, I can't stand the way this is. Who wrote the Snopes? No one. Okay. Snopes. Yeah. No. That's. Yeah. I didn't recommend this one. This. But th- I thought this was interesting, mainly because everything I was seeing was that Gavin Newsom stepped in and had these charges dropped. But Snopes says it's not true. And hey, for once, Snopes might be right with this. I yeah. just thought it was interesting. Because yeah, I, I heard that the charges were dropped, and I was like, okay, par for the course. I mean, if you're gonna be in power. Why not call in some flip favors to have your charges dropped? You know, why not? But so on June 9th, the Napa County District Attorney published a statement to clear up the confusion about Pelosi's arrest. According to the DA, Pelosi was arrested on May 29th, which is not not that far off from that uh, dogman sighting in Texas, uh, for driving under the influence of alcohol (laughs) and driving with a 0.08% blood alcohol content or higher. Pelosi was maybe, he, maybe he blamed it on Dogman. I I would at that point. His his attorney blamed it on Dogman and he got him off. Could have been a Dogman. Yeah. I have to do it. Uh, let's see here. So Pelosi was cited, and the courts the court date was scheduled for August third. Wait, wait. She was cited out in the woods like somebody saw her. No, cited C I T E, not cited as Dogman. Cited as in picketed. Gotcha. So he, he's supposed to appear in court on August 3rd. According to the DA, this is standard protocol for any DUI case that is referred by a law enforcement agency in Napa County. So I guess that was some disinformation going around. So As far as I can tell, I have not found confirmation that Gavin Newsom himself dropped the charges, although it does seem that the charges were dropped. I, I'd like to... Yeah, I killed like, his brother in a car crash when he was a kid too. Gavin Newsom did, or Paul, no, Paul Pelosi? Pelosi did. He killed his brother in a car crash. Yeah, yeah. Damn, this guy—he was like 16 years old, and his brother was like 18 or something like that. That's sad. And then Nancy was like, "I want to marry that bitch." Well, I mean, uh, have you seen? Did you see Nancy Pelosi back when she was like a swimsuit model? No, you got pictures. You seen those pictures? She has huge, a huge rack. Wow. There's uh, there's totally pictures weird. of uh, there's pictures of Nancy with JFK. Really? I, I've heard that. I haven't seen them though. I've she, seen them unless they were fake. Yeah, she take Nancy them out. Pelosi, JFK. Let's look. Them. Maybe, she, maybe she took them out. <laughs> I didn't notice the huge rack. I think she might have been a little little young for that. 
but with JFK. But let's see. Huh, let's see. Uh, well, I mean, according Nancy. to the according to Snopes, Paul Pelosi is going to appear on court, uh, appear in court on August third. So we'll see what happens. I, I I'm I'm hazarding a guess that he is not going to appear in court. Yeah, I mean August that gives him plenty of time. I mean, I think isn't the government supposed to collapse this uh, this summer? I thought it was supposed to collapse in July. I was hoping it would collapse already. I think I think the Fourth of July is going to be the collapse of the government. Wouldn't that wouldn't that just be like to wrap it up in a nice That'd bow? Be fine. No. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. Okay. As long as all right, we're here all. you go, Nancy Pelosi, JFK. Uh, I'm going to put it in the uh, DM right now. Okay. I don't know if you could have a show it. Yeah, I can. Um, in the meantime, I did have one that I I thought was kind of important to cover. The uh, the first one I sent the. Uh, Where's this? Yeah, the the first one was North the, Koreans. Um, yeah, the North Korea. Because just because I thought that Kim Jong Un's description of the vaccine was almost identical to Fauci's description of it for the last two years. And uh, North Korea is calling its COVID vaccine an immortal potion of love. Yeah, <laughs> I love oh, that headline. <laughs> Immortal potion of love. That sounds yeah. like we should have named Union of the Unwanted that. Yeah, the immortal potion of love. That would have been a better. That's a better. We, that's a missed opportunity. They're calling it. I mean, like I, I know it's kind of a a goofy comparison, but is, is it really? I think that's pretty much in in more words with scientific dogma. We have said the same thing. Not we, but the scientific community and the government have said the same exact thing about the COVID vaccine. Well, it's a love potion, a immortal potion of love. So COVID-stricken North Korea has finally begun its vaccination program calling the COVID-19 jabs an immortal potion of love. However, the vaccines are so far reserved only for soldiers working on national construction projects, according to U.S.-funded nonprofit media outlet. Um, is it So this is their own formulation, I would imagine? So, two anonymous sources provided details to RFA describing how the broadcast, how to broadcast vehicles, how broadcast vehicles would play loudspeaker messages at vaccination sites, highlighting how the vaccines were a gracious gift from Kim. They play loud political propaganda <laughs> messages as soldiers get injected with the vaccines from China. And okay, they're calling it a vaccination of love from the highest dignity. Okay, how is this different than what's going on here? Exactly. Not. How, how how can they trust a Chinese vaccine, though? I thought they weren't big fans of I, China. I, I don't know. I, well, I think they have better relations with China than they do with us. COVID. Could you imagine the North Korean version of a COVID vaccine? Oh, how yeah. awesome that would it be. It comes like in a shoe, and they, inje- <laughs> and they inject into you with one of those turkey basters. <laughs> It's just, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're pretty efficiently dished out over there. There's no, uh, there's no refusal over there. I imagine they have eight choices of haircuts over there. Yeah, they uh, they do. You can have yeah. all the all the models from Kim Jong Un's approved hair haircut <laughs> lists. So they, and they all look like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber One or Dumb and Dumber or the prequel. So it goes on to say here. So it says. Uh, the vaccine program is rolling out to the soldiers, but other citizens are unhappy that they have yet to get the jab. People saw the scenes of an emotional soldier singing, weeping, and shouting, um, but they looked on emotionless. 
Um, so, so as of Thursday, the total number of fevered persons in North Korea topped 3.2 million, and 69 people have died, according to the state news agency. <laughs> 69, dude. Huh, okay. How, how can we believe any of this? Well, you can't, but it's the, the, and I guess this proves my original point, which was not only can you not believe that it's a, what was it? A, a heavenly potion of love, immortal, immortal potion, potion of love. immortal potion of love, immortal. And like now, it's going to make you live yeah. forever. But yeah, it, I guess, I guess my point with bringing this article was it's hard to argue that we don't have a very similar level of propaganda about the vaccine coming oh, from yeah. our media and our government. In, totally. In totally unrelated news headline here. Um, and now, adult sudden death syndrome. This comes from the Daily Mail. People under the age of 40 are being urged to have their hearts checked because they may potentially be at risk of sudden adult death syndrome. The syndrome, known <laughs> as SADS, has been, fa- has been fatal <laughs> for all kinds of people, regardless of whether you, they maintain a fit and healthy lifestyle. <laughs> SADS is an umbrella term to describe unexpected deaths in young people, said the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners, most commonly occurring in people under the age of 40. Man, I got mixed emotions about this one. Well, this is Get sad. the buzzer ready, Mike. Uh, they couldn't call it happies. Disappointed! your disappointment this week. What have I done? By the way, I did send you that picture of JFK and Nancy Pelosi sitting there. Uh, Nancy, her tits look all right in that picture. Not great. Eh, She looks all right. I mean, she looks very confused. And obviously, JFK (laughs) JFK is saying, can I nail her? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Old enough to count, old enough to mount, as Hassan would say. Well, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. You have any parting words for anybody, uh, Chris? Please, I got nothing. Okay. Well, where can people listen to your podcast? Oh, uh, shitmyass.com is the best way to get there. S h i t m y a s s dot com. Shitmyass dot com. And Charlie Robinson's been on there. Alex Stein's been on there. Alex Jones has been on there for two minutes. David Icke was on there for an hour. And Charlie, I mean, Mike's been on there three yeah, times. I've been on there a few times. Yeah, uh, macroaggressions available in audio format wherever podcasts are served. In video, I'm on uh, Iconic, David Ike's platform, Rockfin, Odyssey, and Band.video. Yes, yes. Oh, you did yeah. have that. Charlie did have the headline of uh, California school bus driver arrested for selling fentanyl to students at a special needs school, which. I, I'm going to have to dig into that next episode. Honorable mention, I guess. Yeah. Yes. That's a good one. And I, Mike, I got to say, this is, this is outside of no agenda, my favorite podcast ever. So it is a yeah, mine too. honor and a pleasure to be on here. I, I fucking yeah. love you, Mike. No, and I love Pressure and Joe. Yeah. This is, this is the podcast. If people are listening to this podcast, they need to listen to this podcast. I've got a mug made by bags. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. Look at that. OBDM yeah. mug. Yeah, thank you. I have my, uh, I should have worn it. I didn't wear I'm my look at my sausage fan. bags t-shirt. I have to look at my sausage bags t-shirt. And special I, thanks to Paul. Paul uh, put together the donation drive to help me get that uh, cluster in the back there. So thank you, Paul, big time. And thank you guys correction. for hanging out. 
I love the show. I love you, Mike. You're good people. Thank you for coming on, guys. Uh, and go to obdmpod.com to join the Discord. It's a dollar a month and uh, donate. We also have links to merchandise and whatnot. We'll be back on Saturday, just in two two days. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be like Friday, and then we're back for another show. I have no idea what's going on. Hopefully, Bill Shatner will crank out another documentary by then. I'll be able to listen to and watch. <laughs> we'll see. We don't know. I'm going to try to get uh, some more guests on the show at some point. I think Alex Stein might be too big for us now. I think he might be too big. What do you think, Charlie? Piss. Yeah. I'm still in the DMs with him. I could maybe yes. shoot him a word. I, uh, I just, I, I haven't reached out to him yet. He seems like a nice enough guy. He just seems like uh, he's very busy at this point. Yeah, he's on. Like I said, he's on Infowars a lot now. Yeah, it's all happening. He'd only been on Infowars once. Like I've had him on twice, but yeah, the, <laughs> now he's on Infowars like every week. It seems like. Yeah. Well, hopefully he can make something out of it. You know, it's uh, it, he's it, got. He's getting a show at Blaze. Oh, is he? Okay. Yep. Well, I don't know what. Once you get a shout out from Tucker Carlson, you're in good shape. I feel wow, like. wow, wow. Okay. I want a shout out from Tucker. Nah. Hey, Tucker, give me a shitmyass.com when you get the chance. We're going to toil in the ditches and gutters, but uh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Chris. Shablagoo, everyone. Shablagoo. Shablagoo. Here's the deal. This is a family show. I have trouble bending over. That's about all. Shablagu. Till next time, take care of yourself and each other. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. The most talked about incident is said to have occurred at Holloman Air Force Base in 1964. I wasn't there personally, but I'm given to understand that a disc actually landed by intention. And then an exchange with alien life forms occurred. You know the movie, Close Encounters? Yeah. It was based on that incident. But they may not have gotten it quite right. You see, physicists now speculate that it's unlikely these things fly vast distances from other solar systems, but that they come from a place that's much closer and farther away. You see, they may not be just one universe. Did you know that mathematicians now theorize that there could be multiverses, other dimensions that coexist with our own, and that these beings have the technology to somehow just slip in and out? Another alien visitor claimed that his race had been looking in on us for centuries and that they had in fact influenced the course of human history in some rather critical and startling ways. This visitor somehow displayed the way aliens have been genetically altering the development of our DNA from our very beginnings and that they had inspired our greatest spiritual leaders. You're telling me that the missing link could be the result of alien genetics? I believe this information is correct, but who can really say for certain? Over the years, there must be people like me, people who've wanted to talk about what they know. I'm sure there were some, but then it's all so hard to believe, isn't it? I think that Secretary Forrestal tried, or may have, I'm not sure. If Secretary Forrestal left any kind of note, it was never found, and his diaries are still classified. 
Since then, things have gotten even more bizarre. Planes vanishing, cattle mutilations, human abductions. And then there are the stories of Area 51. What is Area 51? That's where people swear they've actually seen recovered alien craft. And we're working with them right now. Is this all true? Well, that's a good question. One must proceed cautiously here. On guard against one's desire to want it to be true or want it not to be true. One must be, as much as possible, neutral. Well, how can you be neutral? A thing is either true or it's not. There is no middle ground. All right. Then none of it is true. None of it? Well, maybe some of it. No. Now you're playing with me. Why are you playing with me? Because maybe you wouldn't even know what was true if you'd seen it all for yourself. How's that for an answer? All right, then what did I see out there in that field? Oh, that. Why, that was a weather balloon. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I know what I saw, and it was not from this world. Don't you understand, Jesse? You have nothing. Just a lot of old memories and secondhand recollections. Nobody is going to take you seriously. Not without proof. Not without hard evidence. But please, feel free to tell anybody anything that I've said here this afternoon. Because maybe it really is true. And the public has a right to know, don't they? <laughs>